as I sat like many of you and watched the videos of the students appreciating their mothers and appreciating their experiences, it made me think of the fact that what is so common or what is so true of each of those stories is that their lives have been intersected by Jesus. And as I sat there and I cringed because we had to restart that video, some of you did too because you're on this autopilot thing that, you know, you've got the order of service, it's got to go as planned, and when there's kind of something that messes it up, you kind of, gosh, what are we going to do with that? The Lord spoke and he said this to me, he said, someone needed to hear this message twice, and that is the reality that you and I need to have an encounter with Jesus. Every single person in this room needs to have an encounter with Jesus. And we would be amiss if we didn't say that. We would be amiss if we didn't communicate that every week. Because it's not about being religious. It's not about having the right doctrine. It's not about having the right version of the Bible. It's not about having necessarily the right teaching. Those things are important. It's about having Jesus Christ and making Him known. It's about inviting Christ into your life. It's not about religion. For so many of us, religion has become kind of the quintessential experience of our faith. When the quintessential experience of our faith should be the person living and breathing Jesus Christ in our lives on a daily, consistent basis. So when we look at this Mother's Day, uh, Mother's Day is always, I think, uh, I don't really like holiday sermons because they end up usually being canned. And so I try to step out of the can mold and do something a little bit different. But I think when it comes to Mother's Day and Father's Day in particular, it's easy to do Christmas sermons, Easter, love, love Good Friday and whatnot. But with Mother's Day and Father's Day, there's so many variables in the pot. There's so many variables that we have experienced that our own experience of mothers and fathers have been. And some of us did not have a good experience with our mother. Some of us didn't maybe perhaps have a mother in our home, didn't have a father in the home, or we didn't have a good father figure in the home. And so it's difficult. And then that's also coupled by the, the problem that many are in the church today and many in our community that are not married and they're not, you know, they're not called to be married. God's not uh, led them that direction. So they're not going to be a mother for all practical purposes. Or there are those who are married who've been trying to have children for years and years and years and have tried every method possible and still they're not a mother today. And so Mother's Day can sting for so many people for a variety of reasons. And all of those reasons are real and they're personal and I don't want to diminish those things. But this morning when I look at what it means to be a person, what it means to have significance in general. When I think about women in our world and women in our culture, we get a, a very bad idea of it, uh, more so than not. And, you know, when you go to the grocery store or you go, you pick up a magazine at Barnes & Noble, wherever it might be, but particularly in the grocery store, you know, checkout counter, and you look at the magazines that are catered for women, do you really ever see an obese woman on the front page or front cover of the magazine. Not unless it's about obese women. Uh, not unless it's about obesity. What kind of women do we see on those front covers? Perfect. Photoshopped women that any man would want to go out with. And the problem is, they're not real. Those women don't exist. They exist on computer screens. 
They exist in Photoshop world, but they don't exist in the real world. And what we've communicated and what has been communicated by our culture and by our values is that unless you are that type of woman, which 99.999% of the women in this congregation and in our community would not match up to that, you are less than whole. That's the message that's communicated. Now, no one comes right out and says, if you're not like this figure, if you're not the size zero, you're not the size two, you're not whatever, whatever size. And here's the other, ladies and gentlemen, that there's not too many women in this room. I, I, let me just take a poll. How many of you women in this room are concerned about your weight? Let me just see. Let me see hands. Okay, lift them high. Don't be timid. Practically, now listen. Now, not every woman's like this because some women have said, I'm just done. <laughs> Let me ask you this. How many of you single women who are interested in finding a man are concerned about your weight? Let me see those hands. Oh, no one wants to be honest about that. Oh, one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you see that we have a problem? I've told you before. I'll, I'll say it again. Maybe you weren't here the Sunday that I said this. Uh, the way I evaluated who I would go out with again on a second date was the woman that would eat everything on the plate that I ordered and paid for. My wife did the exact thing. Everything on the plate was gone. I was like, that's the woman for me. She's not afraid to eat in front of me. I got so tired of going out with young ladies and I'm hungry and I want to eat. But they're like, oh, well, I'm trying to watch my figure. Really? The more you have, the more there is to love. I don't understand this mentality of trying to diet yourself to death. And my wife, I love her to death. My wife has this slogan, I love it. I wish I could patent it and make money off of it. She says, do you know what the root word of diet is? Die. That's what the root word of diet is. She got that right. One of the things that she's gotten right in our marriage. As a virtuous woman. Anybody have a spare bedroom for tonight? <laughs> Listen, if you're a woman, and if you don't know whether you're a woman, see me after church and I'll have a woman tell you if you're a woman or not. Uh, but if you're a woman in this room, if you're a female in this room, you are valuable... Not because of what you do, but because of who you are. You see, when you read Proverbs 31, it lists all these things that the woman does. She takes care of her family. I mean, you get the impression. This is like super Wonder Woman here in, in Proverbs 31. She's up all night. Her light never goes out. She's always taking care of her family. And then it goes as far to say, it goes as far to say that her husband is sitting at the city gate. And he's enjoying the moment. It's basically what it says. Can I tell you something? Proverbs 31 was written by a man. I'm just telling you. Now, I'm not, listen, I'm not making fun of Scripture. It's the Word of God. It's there. And there's a lot of virtues and excitement that we can go to in, in Proverbs 31. And a lot of good components. And that's where the sermon's going to come out of today. But I don't ever want you, nor does God want you to get the impression, ladies, that your value is solely in what you do. You are valuable because of who you are. We place value on what people do. We pay people to perform certain services for us for instance ladies you might go and you go and you have your hair done and spoofed up and all this kind of gooky gunky gel put in your hair and 
whatever else you have done that takes hours and costs, gosh, an arm and a leg to have it done. And, and you pay that person, you pay that person a, a fee because of what they did. They performed well. They made you look beautiful. Can I just submit to you something? I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just going to tell you this. If a woman cares about the way she looks, I don't know why women would go to a woman to have their beauty done. Because no woman is going to make that woman look better than what they look. I mean, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about the illogic that we have when we pay for these beauty treatments or whatnot. It'd be better for you to go to a man. Now, I know some of you are like, oh, my heavens, oh, my heavens. All, the, all these women that are hairdressers, they are beauticians. They are going to come after the pastor. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, I, I just think there's some value there. No woman is going to make another woman look better than she does. Just keep that in mind when you go and you pay that 60, 75, whatever it is you pay to get your hair done. I recall one time there was a lady, a chairman of Deacon's wife, uh, that come into the church um, where, I, where I was serving in Louisiana. And uh, she, uh, she was bragging to the secretary. She said, she goes, yep, just got my hair done. She goes, another 150 bucks, which, uh, you know, sometimes this is not connected to this. And I happened to look at her and I said, you paid $150 for that? It was an interesting personnel meeting. Um, a woman is valuable because of who she is, not because necessarily what she does. In verse uh, 10 of the passage, it says, a, a wife of noble character, who can find it? She is worth far more than rubies. Character has to do with being rather than merely doing. I mean, there are things a person of good character will do, but you don't do in order to be. You be in order to do. You are valuable because God has created you for purpose. God has put his value, his image on you. You were created in the image of God. We pay people for performing services for us, so we end up valuing what they do, and that crosses over in our culture. And before long, we look at women, and look at men for that matter, but we look at women and we say, you know, they're valuable for what they do. Uh, and, and I think that that is completely non-biblical. I don't think that's a godly way of understanding a virtuous woman of character. Biblical value, godly value, is not based on these things, but rather on the inward character of the person. And you say, well, how do you know if you have good character? Character is who we are when no one but God is watching. In other words, when no one else is around, no one to impress, no one to beautify in front of, no one to try to show our curves and our hips and whatever else we like to show. Um, it is who we are when no one but God is watching. That defines your character. Because listen, everybody will be good in front of people that they're expected to be good in front of. But there are not too many people, there are not too many people that will be the same when they're alone with no one else around as they are with people. That is the desire. That is, that is the desire of Christendom. That is the desire of Christianity. That there would be consistency. And that you and I would be people of character. That we would be valuable because who God has created us to be. Rather than the things that we do. A woman is valuable because of who she is. Not necessarily because of what she does. But secondly... A woman, and I want to ask you this before I say the statement, I want you to think about where you get your significance from. 
What makes you significant? What gives you value? What makes you feel good? Where, what, 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 where do, where, what are you investing in? What, what, what really speaks to your intrinsic value is you look in the mirror and you look at yourself. What are the things that you value? And here's the thing. Most of us don't always value the things that we should. Let's just be honest. We don't value the things that we should, but they're nonetheless real. So what is it that makes you significant? A woman gets her significance from the Lord. I want you to hear that really clear and really plain. A woman gets her significance from the Lord. Now, I'm going to explain this a little bit. Um, Ladies, your source of significance must reside outside of your husband. Outside of your boyfriend. Outside of your friendships. Your significance must rest in the person of Jesus Christ. It should not rest in the relationships that you necessarily have with other people. Your significance does not come from your relationships with others. Let me, let me, let me say this. There are so many women that are so tied to their spouse, that are so tied to their husbands. There are so many women that are so tied to their friendships and relationships with other people. Their significance is so caught up into that. I just want to ask you, what happens when that significant other dies? If your significance or my significance is caught up in someone rather than the one who created us, We are going to be in a journey of pain. Now, my wife is sitting out there. Her name is Tabitha Overstreet Hallman. She happens to be my wife. She happens to be my wife. She did not gain significance when she married me. If anything, I gained significance when I married her. She She didn't gain anything by marrying me. She is valuable outside of me. In other words, she doesn't need me. Shall we dance? I promise I don't pay her to do those things. She does not have, listen, she does not, her significance is not based in who I am. It's not based in my persona. It's not based in our relationship. She is valuable outside of me. She can survive without me. But she can't survive and be significant outside of Jesus. Every woman in this room, you need, listen, you need to go home. And, I, and listen, every woman struggles with this self-image concept. I don't care who you are. I don't care how vivacious you think you are, how secure you think you are, how confident you think you are. Every woman struggles at some basis of reason with significance. I want you to look in the mirror when you go home, get away from your husband who you don't need, get away from your children who they may need you but you don't need them, get away from them... Look in the mirror and say, I am significant because of Jesus. Now you may think that's ridiculous, but you'll be amazed at what you feel when you see yourself saying that. And seeing yourself putting that into words. You are significant because Christ, Christ has strengthened you. Christ has saved you. Christ has called you. Christ has the potential to change your life. You're not significant because you are connected to a male. Your significance must reside outside 
of your husband. Other thing I would say is this. Ladies, your significance, you say, well, that's easy. I don't have a husband. Hold on. I'm getting there. Ladies, your significance must come from outside of your profession. I don't care how good you are at what you do. Don't tie your significance to it. You say, well, I have all this knowledge and I, I share my knowledge with people. I have all this wisdom. Let me tell you something. You don't know what your future holds. So you better trust in the one who knows your future. You don't know that you're always going to have the capabilities of your mind. You don't know that you're always going to be able to perform at an optimal level in your profession. If your significance is solely linked to your profession, what happens if your profession's wiped out? What happens if your corporation closes? What happens if you find a pink slip one day, your sense of significance goes down the tubes, and what happens to your self-image? It is crushed because you placed your value in something that did not last, rather than placing your value in the one who lasts forever. Your significance has got to come from Jesus. It does not come from your husband. It does not come from your profession. And then thirdly, I want to say this. Your significance does not come, does not come from your children. Now moms, I want you to hear me. I know it's so tempting. You see, you and your Prince Charming, uh, you were the princess, he was Prince Charming, and you got married, and you had these guy ideas in mind, and you had all these goals and ambitions, and you planned and planned and planned, and there were benchmarks in your, in your, in your relationship that you were looking for, and you thought that you would live the American dream and have 2.25 children, that you would have a, a vacation home here or, or something else, and you'd have a huge 401k that you could afford to, to retire well and all these things, and suddenly you look and you had these, you, you know, you, you had these children, and these children aren't cheap and they cost you a fortune a large amount of money and if you had a girl oh my gracious how much they cost you and you go into debt for them there's not anything that you won't do for them and so many of you men and women but since we're talking about women today many of you women throw yourselves and your identity and your image into your kids you will do everything for them but you know what they grow up you know what? They get sassy. You know what? They go away from home. And then suddenly, when they've gone away to college, when they've graduated college, when they're starting their families, you're left behind with a spouse that you don't know. Why do you not know them? Because you threw yourself into your kids all these years, and you never grew with him in the home. Now, the sad statistic is this. That's why people who've been married between 18 and 30 years get a divorce. Because suddenly they realize, who are you? I don't know you. I remember walking down an aisle with you, but I, oh, it's been, oh my heavens, it's been years since we've not had somebody else in our bed. Have mercy. How are we going to make it? I, it's been years since we've been out to eat and we actually are talking about something besides our children. Why? Because your whole worldview, your whole life was built around your kids. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying ignore your children. I'm saying have proper boundaries. Your significance is not your ability to birth children. Your significance is not your ability to be a mother to those kids. Your significance is not your ability to embody your profession. Your significance is not your ability to be married well. Your significance comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And then finally, first and foremost, perhaps... Your significance does not come, just as I started this morning, 
from your appearance. Many of you spent time this morning dolling up, looking the part, putting a little bit of eyeshadow on, a little bit of rouge lipstick, making sure that, oh, well, I need to make sure I shave that part of the back of my leg. Don't want anybody to notice that, you know, all this stuff. Do you think Jesus is looking at the hairs on your legs? He doesn't care. What he wants is your heart. And there's nothing that you can do to beautify the heart other than surrendering to the Lordship of Christ. Beauty is only skin deep. And I got news for you guys. You're going to get old. You young women, you're going to get old. Things that didn't used to sag are going to sag. You're going to have wrinkles. There's nothing you... Listen, when you look at somebody on TV and they're like 85 years old and they look like this, do you honestly think that's attractive? Nor was that spitting at the pulpit. But some of you will spend, listen, not tens of dollars, not hundreds of dollars, not thousands of dollars, but you will spend tens of thousands of dollars making yourselves look pretty and to fight aging you're going to get old I'm a prophet you're going to get old and there's nothing that you can do about the wrinkles and sagging unless you're gonna live on the moon because we have gravity here didn't you learn that in science oh I forgot you were looking in the mirror during that science class not paying attention to what was going on you're going to get old you're not always going to look beautiful to yourself but you will always be beautiful if you've got your priorities in order and if yours and my significance comes from Jesus Christ because Jesus is not interested in the outward appearances of religion. Jesus is not interested in what brand of dress or, or shoes you're wearing. Jesus doesn't care whether you wore navy blue socks and a black suit. He doesn't care whether you match. But he does care about you as a person. And he thinks that you are a person of virtue, not because of what you do, but because of who you are and who he has created you to be. If you look at verse 30 of chapter 31 in Proverbs, it will say, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Why? I'll tell you why. Because a woman who respects God, a woman who has her priorities in order, a woman who sees beyond the trends of culture, that sees beyond the beauty trends, that sees beyond the needs that this world says that you've got to be tied to someone else, that, that there's some kind of significance that you gain being married or having children. Your significance comes from Jesus. You need to believe that. And that runs countercultural to everything that we're taught. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, it even runs countercultural to often what we're taught inside the parameters of the church. Women are beautiful when they find their significance in God. Because when you find your significance in God, it's not that you don't care how you look. 
But you don't let how you look determine whether you're going to be used by him. See, I know some, I know some women, I, I've had, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been around enough to know that in, in church attendance, some women, do you understand that some women will not come to church on a Sunday morning if their hair's not exactly right? Really? Really? Some women won't come to church if their lipstick falls off and they don't know how to put it back on. Now you think I'm being ridiculous, I'm just being real. And you just wait till Father's Day. You think women are in the hot seat, you wait till we talk about the fathers. Oh, I, I need to plan, I need to pray about that one. Because I have a couple, I'm going to have to reword some words that I was going to use with the fathers. Women, you are people of virtue and significance because Jesus Christ has made you. God, the God who made you, the God who wants you, the God who sees you for who you are, the God who loves you, the God who has the potential to save you, the God that's desiring to call you into a better way of life. He sees your significance because he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you better than your spouse. He knows you better than your children. He knows you better than your mama or your daddy. He knows you better than anyone because he knows you personally. And So I just want to simply ask this in closing. What's your story? Where does your significance come from? It's not about having the right religion. It's not about having the right things to believe. It's not about dressing the part or looking pretty. It's about knowing Jesus Christ personally. This morning in the invitation, the invitation is simply this. That you, ladies and gentlemen, and men, this applies to you too. That your significance, that is your value, the way you view yourself, your significance would rest on the shoulders of God. Not on what you do, not on what you have the potential to do, not on the bad things that you've done that has tend, have tended to define you. But your significance comes from your relationship with Christ. And this is what I know and this is what I believe. That when you understand that your significance comes from Jesus, it will change how you look at yourself. It will change how you look at other people. It will change the dynamics of your relationship with your spouse. It will change the dynamics of your relationship with your family and your church. You're not valuable for what you do. You're valuable because of who you are. And God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make junk. You are exactly the person that you need to be. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to go out of here and eat Ruffles potato chips all afternoon and expect some miracle. I mean, listen, you need to take care of your body. But let me tell you something. Some women, listen to this, some women were never designed to be a size two. And that's okay. Celebrate what you are. Quit trying to be someone you're not. Don't let Hollywood dictate to you how you should look. Let Jesus, by the way, who bought you, bought you for a price, bought your soul for a price, who has given his life for you, let him determine the parameters through which you and I are measured. And when you do that, all will be right in your world. It may not be perfect, but all will be right. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for moms today. We thank you for women today. Lord, we ask as we uh, come to this time of invitation and we think about significance and we think about value, 
Lord, I know there are so many women here who have put value on how they look. They put value on their connectedness to other people. They put value in their profession. They've been so caught up in the things that they do. They've been so busy doing things that they've never fully, completely existed in the moment for you. May their significance today come from you. May they have the knowledge of that reality. And may it reign into their lives. And this invitation... I know there's women in this room that need to hear this, this, this point. I know that there's women in this room that need to know they're valuable, they're significant because of Jesus. And Lord, I pray for any women in this room that are dating someone or married to someone that makes them feel less than because they're not measuring up to what they perceive significance to be. Get behind us, Satan. I pray for the hearts of men that we would not put this yoke upon our women. That they would understand, that our men would understand that significance, even for ourselves, comes from Jesus Christ. And when we surrender all to Him as men, when women surrender all to Him as women, the family unit works because everybody is seeking the will of Christ in their home and in their hearts. May we be people of significance, recognizing our significance, embracing our significance as we embrace the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If there's anyone here that wants to lay someone at the altar, if anyone here that wants to intercede for someone, if there's anyone here that simply needs for this first time, maybe the first time in their life, they realize, I, I want to be a person of significance. I recognize today the Lord spoke to me, the Holy Spirit spoke today, and He said to me, that I'm significant because of Him. And there's someone here that wants to accept Christ as a result of recognizing their significance. This invitation is for them. This invitation is for those who have bought into the world's lie and now they understand that they are a daughter of the King. Not because of what they do, but because of what He's done and because of who they are. Lord, as we respond to You, as You work in our lives, as you work in your church. May you expand our borders. May you grow this congregation, both numerically and spiritually, as we seek to discover, discern, and embrace our significance through Jesus Christ and Him alone. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I ask you to stand in this invitation. This invitation is for anyone Anyone and everyone who needs to receive Christ. This invitation is for anyone and everyone who needs to have their, their life reoriented. Maybe they have a misunderstanding of significance. And today they understand that they are a child of the King. I know there are many of you who struggle with the way you look, the way you feel, what you see in the mirror. Know that God loves you. That God has purpose for you. And you're valuable because you're His. Not because you're somebody else's. Won't you come during this invitation? Won't you respond? Won't you find your significance in the Lordship of Jesus as we respond?